And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Am I recording there? Yes, I am. Are we recording here? Yes, we are. Alrighty, got a fart. Yeah, okay, we're good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just want to say when I edit this, um, no. reminder, Chris, you could hear the fart on the tape. No, please don't. <laughs> or if you want... Put it at the very end, so it's a reward. I'll put it at the very end, and I won't even put anything around it. It'll just, like, 30 seconds later, it'll go, and that'll be it. (laughs) It's a reward for anybody who listens all the way to the end. I'll put it up real loud so it wakes Dario up after he's fallen asleep. (laughs) All right. You ready? I'm ready. Maybe I was planning, because I did kind of lean towards the mic a little bit. All right. <clears throat> Chris, remember the fart. <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> Hope and Chris finish the last episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Luckily, dependable Dave Filoni and crew create Rebels with new characters, new places, and new adventures, thus keeping hope alive for this podcast. Welcome to J-Guys and Jedi. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a brand new... (laughs) Still thinking about the fart. (laughs) I was trying to think I'm sorry. Alright. <clears throat> Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Jay Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode. <laughs> hey Hope, what's on your mind this week? <laughs> Maybe you should put it back at the beginning. <laughs> it's our cold opening, because I apparently can't get through this now. I don't know if you call that a cold opening, Hope. <laughs> it was... You were coming in hot. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, I gave you permission. Welcome to Jagos and Jedi, guys, where I farted, like, right before we started, and now I'm laughing. <laughs> now it's become the theme of the show. In this episode, <laughs> Ezra and Sabine go to the Jedi Temple on Lothal, and they discover the Empire has reached it first. There will be wolf riding, ghost Kanan, and Ezra takes a leap into the unknown. We're talking about wolves in a door this week. How you doing, Chris? I thought you were going to say Ezra takes a leak, and I'm like, what? I missed that part. Uh, uh, I'm just super classy today, apparently. (laughs) You having a good week, man? Not bad, not bad. It's cooled down here, finally. It's, It's reasonable, nice... Nice, comfortable weather again. We're we're in a fucking heat wave, and I hate it. I hate summer. I hate being sweaty. I hate it when it's hot. I hate the humidity. I hate summer. The only time I like summer is if I'm on a beach or at a pool. But it's Corona time, so I'm doing neither. <laughs> we got we got we got lambasted the other day with um with the remnants of that storm that hit the East Coast. Oh, bay. So, yeah, we had we had a big big 
on Saturday, just a just rain, just columns of rain soaking. I mean, it had been dry for two weeks, so all the plants are happy. And then it's just sort of sprinkled after that. And it's today was in the 70s. It was just very pleasant. It's been it's been nice after being in the high 90s for, you know, two weeks in a row, which is pretty crazy here. I'm I know so to you jealous. guys, that's just like, you know, springtime. <laughs> Ugh, I'm so jealous. I, I cannot stand being I, I hate waking up in the morning. And because it's cooler outside than it is inside, then you're sweating when you wake up. Oh, it's gross. And, ugh, ugh, ugh. We, we've like been it. lucky. It, it, I mean, it, not that it got cool on those hot nights, but it got relative, like it would go down to 70 at night. And, and the difference between 96 and 70 made the nights manageable here. So there weren't really any like sweaty, sticky nights, which was really good because I've been working a lot. So like actually sleeping through the, the night is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Well, we got news, even though it's going to be like three weeks later. <laughs> so I know today, there'll probably be more news attached to it by more details attached to it by the time people get here. But you get our reaction anyway. Yeah. So today, we'll be doing it. We'll be it's news that will affect this show for sure. Yeah, it's absolutely going to affect this show. So it was announced today that Star Wars The Bad Batch, an all-new animated Disney series to debut on Disney Plus in 2021. Um, And so just to read the premise, the series follows the elite and experimental clones of The Bad Batch, first introduced in The Clone Wars, as they find their way in a rapidly changing galaxy in the immediate aftermath of The Clone Wars. Members of the Bad Batch, a unique squad of clones that are genetically, uh, that vary genetically from their brothers in the clone army, each possess a singular exceptional skill, which makes them extraordinary, extraordinarily effective soldiers in a formidable crew. In the post-Clone Wars era, they take on daring mercenary missions as they struggle to stay afloat and find their footing. What, what, what are your thoughts? Because I have thoughts. Well, my, my first first thought was yeah i don't need more you know i mean i mean if you're good i mean yeah that now that i think of it they were sort of set up as a spin-off and they but were i don't i'm not really looking out. for more in that time you know in that time period and in, in that in the storylines i don't know what it has to tell but at the same time you sort of have you you know they're going to be free of the confines of the clone wars and also on the run from the main storyline so they sort of have unlimited potential i i would not have picked that for the next feloni project but i have a feeling that that's a that's a safe project to disney i would and, rather it be rex well, who knows if um, who knows if we won't have Rex in it, and, or or have there's no like, reason there you know there's there's nothing to say that Rex couldn't be in it a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, and and that's kind of where I am. Like they are not, and and I I will totally admit, like I I, I do have some biases going on here as well because I am just. Okay, a little bit of backstory. 
So this apparently has been rumored for a while. I try to stay away from Star Wars rumors just because I'm a person that unless I see an official announcement, I don't believe that any rumor is true. So there's been rumors for about the show for a while. And there's also been a Rebel sequel rumor. I want the Rebel sequel. So part mm-hmm. of me was just like, announcement! Oh, it's not the Rebel sequel. Um, so I had to kind of push those feelings aside to then look at the Bad Batch. And you guys know me. I love the Clone Wars. It is my bread and butter of Star Wars. It's how I got into the fandom. But I kind of feel the same way. Like, I understand that there were supposed to be more stories with these guys. Um, because the show was cut short. They were, they were supposed to have another arc, at least. That never happened. But I am interested in the time period. I I like, I would love to see that story of what happens to clones. Like, because we we have a little few snippets here and there of like what happened to the clones post Clone Wars in those early days of the Empire. The Darth Vader comic covered some of that. And same thing with the Kanan, the last Padawan comic. They kind of covered that a little bit, but not really in depth. Because it was from the point of view of Kanan and it was from the point of view of Vader. We haven't had that story from the point of view of the clones. So I think that's an interesting notion. I like that time period. And there's a lot of potential of very familiar characters. I mean, they could bring in Cad Bane. They could bring in Hondo. They could bring in Aura Singh or Sugi. Um, When they're talking about mercenaries, I'm assuming that it's going to be the more scum and villainy side of things. Um, Did their inhibitor chips go off? Did their inhibitor chips not go off? When we say mercenaries, are they helping to hunt Jedi, but then they're fighting against it? Are they hunting Jedi and then Rex comes in and stops them? Like, there's a lot of, like, potential stories there. I'm just not sure if it's the what I want right now, because I kind of would almost like to have Clone Wars, let Clone Wars rest a little bit, and then have the story in a few years, I think would be cool. I, I think it's just... It screams money grab to me because, of course, people love the Clone Wars. It's so nostalgic. It was the first animated show. Anything Clone Wars, people are going to watch. So on one hand, it feels like very money grabby. But on uh, on the other hand, there's some possible really interesting stories that can be told here. And it's uh, it's a female lead writer. um, And half of the, the writing crew and the developers are from Rebels and Resistance, which are all stories that I really love. There's actually not a lot of Clone Wars writers on here other than Dave being the executive producer. It's all Resistance and Rebels writers. And so I I like a lot of the potentials of this being a very personal, more adult clone story. It's just just not what I wanted right now, though. I wanted that Rebels sequel. It's not the story I was clamoring for. I I think with the success of the new season, I I, I don't know. I think that I'm sure sure Filoni probably had... Had, Apparently, this has been in the works for two years. I, I well, saw someone mention that. Well, right, but uh, two years is about right in that that time. It would still be within the time period of where Disney might want something a little more safe, you know, that they know it has a proven track record. I, I'm sure he had more than like well, well, the Rebel show. I'm sure there were probably a few things pitched, and this would be maybe the safest pitch, and then. You know, especially after seeing the the bad batch, like you know, and 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 seeing the bad batch in that last season of Clone Wars, you definitely wanted to see more of them. So yeah, I just it, I'm not sure if they could carry a show though. I mean, to to quote Star oh, Wars. Oh sure. Oh, I totally think I I totally think they could because you have sort of an unlimited capacity. And then I just thought of um, 
um, what was her name with the blue head? Uh, the from blue Clone head. Wars. Yeah, Dooku's old Dooku founder. What the hell are you talking about? At the end, she teamed up with Ahsoka. Two lightsabers. Asajj Ventress? Asajj Ventress, yeah. She definitely she, she, is not blue. Good try. She's isn't white. She, her skin's kind of blue, isn't it? No. Anyway, she well, could be in it. Because uh, like you she, could like uh, it could be it could it could be any kind of show, because they could be in any kind of situation, you know. And Ventress is dead at this point. She dies in the Clone Wars. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, no, she dies right. in the book, in uh, uh, Dark Disciple. But Quinlan is still alive. Quinlan Vos is still alive. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's infinite, and I mean, you could have them. You could have them working. They could be like a mercenary force working for the Huts. You know, there's all sorts of, and and you can have them mapping out their their moral their moral boundaries because all of a sudden they were, you know, what what are their moral boundaries? They they aren't clones anymore and operating under those rules, which were still pretty. They were still killing a lot of people. So there's there's a lot of things to explore in it, and and, uh, and there's also like as as much as it probably won't be the more important side, something that I've been wanting from Rebels is the political episodes, you know. So like, what if they take a job for like, I don't know, like somebody in the targets like Bail Organa because they're like, I think Bail's a a rebel. Um, and then yeah, they could get like, hired. They could get hired to take him out, you know. Yeah, and then it, it comes in of like, wait, why are you trying to take me out? I'm with the good guys. The Empire's bad, but you know they work for the Republic, and the Republic came with the Empire. So if they, if I could see like their early jobs being for the Empire, and then they hit that moral ground of like, I don't know if we should be doing this, and then having to like bail out, not bail around it, but like just yeah. bail out of working for the Empire. Here, I mean, here's your Rex story right here. They 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 come and find Rex and his buddies to they they start hunting down whatever clones are left to try to get them to all join up, join forces with them, and have an adventure with Rex and who is who else is Rex with? Uh, Gregor and Wolf. Gregor and Wolf. He, he they find Rex and Gregor and Wolf and say, hey guy, and maybe Rex and Gregor and Wolf join them for a little while and are like, you know what, guys, <laughs> we want to go fishing. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, I I can definitely see Rex being in the story. Like, I can see the Bad Batch. I, I can see their inhibitor with us uh, uh, chips switching and them working for the Empire and then having like Rex come in and be like, guys, it's not your fault, and like saving them and quote unquote freeing them from their programming, um, and then having them just being like, oh God, well, what do we do now? What is our purpose? And having it be like a very moral story. So like. It's not my first choice, but I mean, I'm going to watch it because there's a lot of interesting possibilities. I was joking around about how there could be like a rival girl Merc group and it could be like Suki and Aura Singh and like, um, uh, 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 I just blanked on everybody, uh, Lots Razzie and Jazz. Like it, there could be like a rival girl gang because that was the main complaint that I was seeing from a lot of people is it's just a male-led show and there's not, like, room for females. But I'm also just in here going, we just know the basic premise. We don't know yeah. any of the supporting characters. Yeah. 
there could be like a rival awesome girl gang or they could just team up with just make a big old group of people i mean there's a lot of possibilities we could yeah, see there could be, young there could Kanan, be some other... could see young Hera. like there's a lot of things that could happen young Talus. we could see like early zeb i mean there's a lot there's a lot going on that could happen yeah so yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we could even get Ahsoka snippets. I, I, I would mean, actually want I mean, to see myself. Away from I'm excited for all the unfamiliar stuff they'll do, but at the same time, I know there's going to be a lot of familiar stuff because that's also <laughs> the bread and butter of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, Ideally, point, I would like to see this uh, in the spring um, if, if they do run a Rebel sequel as well, because I could see them always wanting something running so people have an incentive yeah. to have Disney Plus. So I yeah. can see, like, Mandalorian comes this fall, this comes in the spring, Rebels sequel comes in the summer, and then uh, Mando in the fall, and have it, like, those three shows c- could carry Disney Plus Star Wars for a little while. For a few years, anyway, for sure. Yeah, though I, I will say, like, again love Clone Wars, like these characters, I just kind of, like, want something new. Like, that yep. was that was what was so interesting about Resistance, was it was all new. You know, Re- I love Rebels, don't get me wrong, but you still have a... It's, it's almost like a sequel to Clone well, Wars. It's still well, like, so tied to Clone Wars. Look, that, as much as people are, are and, you know, myself, are not the, 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 the... You know, I mean, there's some people, but the, 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 the latest trilogy being kind of... Um. Oh, what's the word? Ragged or whatever, unorganized or doesn't make a lot of sense, since it has a lot of like blanks that need to be filled in or nuanced. You have a lot of material there. You could, you know, you could. There's a lot of ways you could go towards doing what Clone Wars did with filling in the gaps of you know, the, the prequel trilogy. I actually so. just wrote an editorial about that. I did a two-part editorial about what Resistance could have done over on Geeky Girl Experience, by the way. Um, I did a two-part editorial about if Resistance had three seasons, what they could have done with those storylines. And one of them was having Tam team up with Hux and exploring the how Hux became a spy story. Right, 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 and like, right. And actually yeah, using that to exactly. explore that timeline. There's there's all sorts of little, there's, there's you know, I mean, there's all sorts of things about the, that sequel trilogy that could be, you know, retconned, whatever you want to call it, that you could you could do really good stories in that would at, at least fill in some of the gaps for, for, for further, you know, for, you know, for further time and further viewers of of star wars you know mm-hmm. that that the the sequel trilogy sort of exists in its own vacuum right now with a few little references and resistance but like if if you did fill around in the books but if you did fill it around the gaps with a a, a good cartoon adventure of it yeah it'll it, it it will help people's enjoyment of it in the future when when they watch that stuff and they understand what the first order is and or how Palpatine, I would love to see something, you know, following them, you know, not maybe directly with Palpatine as a character, but following the machinations of Palpatine. We could go into how that would be done through the, this episode of that we're watching today, 
sort of has uh it's not in the same time period but i mean it, it sort of sets up something like similarly to that you could have you know had the the adventures of the the archaeologists who are finding sith stuff for palpatine or something like that yeah and and tell the story that way and so it makes more sense by the time you get to tross you know and even more than that like the whole big thing that was supposed to be the end of this year that got pushed to 2021 was the high republic and so i like i wouldn't mind seeing an animated show set during the high republic which was is what like two three hundred years before the phantom menace and exploring like the force and the jedi of that time period to help enhance that story being told to i I, and that's my thing, like, I kind of want to just see something new. Like, Rebels brought new stuff to the table, but then we have something like Resistance, which was just new. Like, it was that's one of the reasons why I love Resistance so much, because it's just, it was so much just new content in, yeah. a, in a time period that wasn't really explored. And, and, it's, and it's a rare time period, because it's a peacetime period, and what happens, like, when that peacetime dissolves and turns into war... And it that, like that's what part of the reason like why I love season one of Resistance. So I don't know. I, I I've I'm I'm gonna watch it and I'm excited for the Bad Batch, but I'm also like very mixed about it as well. I, I have my reservations. Yeah. Well, we won't know till it comes out. Yeah. Closer yeah. anyway. So you ready to get started on this episode? Mm-hmm. Well, I must say though, when I was finishing up the outlines for this episode, I was listening to the Frozen Two track uh, soundtrack listeners. And the reason I said Ezra takes a leap into the unknown because the song Into the Unknown came up and I was like, huh, that's kind of like Ezra jumping through the portal to who knows where. So I actually have in my notes, the song for this episode needs to be Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. But I will also say, as I was finishing up this, I started listening to Show Yourself and all I could see he, like, when I was listening to the song was Ezra being Elsa in that song and begging the Lothal temple to reveal its door to him. And then once he's inside, he finds his own power post Kanan's death. And I was just like, Frozen is Star Wars and I love it. So if you want to use uh, either Show Yourself or Into the Unknown, either of those songs would work, Chris. It's too late now. They've already been chosen and used. So Awesome. So what do you think of Wolves on a Door? I like this one a lot. I like this one a lot, too. I was surprised how much I like it, even though it's clearly all just set up for next week. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have to, like, factor it in with next week. But I, I have a feeling next week I'm going to like even better because it's going into the into the fun. Into the, <laughs> yeah. Into the unknown. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel the same way. Like, there's a lot of things on this episode that I really, really liked. But there's a lot of parts of it. It's just like. Clearly, they're trying to fill 22 minutes to get to the meat of the story kind of feel. That's okay. That's That and was I, okay. I, I, I'll and tell I you like this. That. It's 22 I'm minutes. Ne- I'm not saying yeah. that's a negative thing because I oh, like no, this, it too. This 22 minutes went by real fast when I was watching it. I was just like, wait, this seems like we're getting to... Oh, yeah, we're almost done on this. Oh, my God. It was like... I was like, oh, we're at the end of we're at the end of part one, act one already. Oh, we're at the end of act two. And so like, yeah, I was it, it might not have had a lot of story packed into it, but it, it didn't matter. It was it had my attention. Yeah, they do a really good job of just stuff like building uh, tension, um, yeah. like like them riding the Loth wolves from the time they walked outside to the time 
they like the no, like they go to the title card. That's like a three and a half minute chunk of the episode. Yeah, there's a lot of, but it's atmosphere. There's it, the, yeah. The, We've had a lot of story built up and instead of, and we can't really go back to like episodic like stories to cool our jets from, you know, the last two episodes. So this one is just like loose on story, but like high on on atmosphere and it's great atmosphere. Yeah. Kind of atmosphere that I like. Yeah. So. In no way am I saying like they're filling 22 minutes. I don't. I do not mean that in a bad way. Because there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, of not at all. So you ready? Yep. <clears throat> Wolves and a Door is the 71st episode of Star Wars Rebels, and it was released on February 26, 2018. It was written by Dave Filoni and directed by Dave Filoni and Bosco Ng. Some extra information for you. Ian McDermott reply reprised his role as Emperor Palpatine for the series. Previously, Sam Witwer voiced Palpatine in earlier seasons, but they brought in McDermott for these final episodes. Am I saying McDermott? Yes. Okay, because I'm like, it, it's spelled dire mid, and I'm like, I know it's not dire, McDire mid, it's McDermott. McDermott, yeah. Before Rebels was released with the launch of Disney+, Plus, they went back and re-recorded McDermott as Palpatine for the earlier seasons. This movie was praised by Sam Witwer, who was very gracious to step aside for the change. Minister Hyden is voiced by Malcolm McDowell. His other works include A Clockwork Orange, Halloween, Time After Time, and Mozart in the Jungle. In an earlier draft of the story, Minister Hyden was supposed to be Vinay, the mysterious attendant to Darth Vader during the Mustafar castle scene in Rogue One. They later changed it to be an unrelated character. At the 2018 animation panel at Dragon Con, which I sadly missed this panel because I was working the convention at the time, but I remember hearing this from, um, from Brian, one of our listeners, Brian. Henry Gilroy revealed that he created the character of Minister Hyden in season three. Dave Filoni had mentioned that what... <laughs> Dave Filoni had mentioned once in production that Maul was supposed to die in Twilight of the Apprentice, and then with the Inquisitors out of the picture, Henry Gilroy created Varys Hyden. He had envisioned this character with an archaeological background who worked for the Emperor. This character would scour the galaxy for the Jedi temples to erase them, but also extract secrets from them. He was supposed to have a bigger presence in Season 3 and be the mystical force villain for the Jedi characters. This story about the Jedi Temple was originally conceived as a single episode called Past, Present, and Future. But as they developed it, it became apparent that it was too much for 22 minutes. So it was then split into the two-parter, A Wolves and a Door, and The World Between Worlds. When exploring the connection between Lothwolves and Lothcats, again, the film Princess Mononoke was cited as a source of inspiration, with a connection between the Kadama and the wolves in the movie. The voices heard in the hyperspace tunnel are come from season one and season two episodes, and they include many people, but none of them are important except for my grande boyfriend. I heard him for like his like two seconds, and I was like, grande, <laughs> I love you. One of the images seen in Hayden's office and on the Lothal keystone is the five force priestesses from the Clone Wars, and that was the Yoda arc. Um, the PA chatter, uh, sorry, I lost my spot. The recording used to distract the biker scouts of the, I can't talk. The Thrawn recording used to distract the biker scouts, it was a, was from Thrawn in the episode Zero Hour. 
The PA chatter and announcements made at the excavation site is a nod to the announcements made during the arrival of the mothership and close encounters of the third kind. And finally, there is a lot in Rebels Recon, guys. <laughs> For this episode, they talked about that, how the Empire doesn't focus uh, they talked about how the Empire doesn't always focus on excavating temples, but when they do, it's for Palpatine's want of the arcane knowledge. The creators liked this and next week's episode because it wasn't a normal Rebels episode. It, uh, it didn't have to do with the main Rebellion storyline. It was just able to showcase another side of Palpatine's drive and wants. It's not about Palpatine's power in ruling the galaxy, but his power and drive on the Sith side of things. Dave Filoni and Palpatine, uh, Dave Filoni said that Palpatine is obsessed with history, especially the history of the Sith. He wants to be able to alter and change the events in the world between worlds to secure his own power. While recording for the Emperor, the creators said that Ian McDermott is the nicest and most charming man, but the moment they started recording, he would switch on the Empire. And in their own words, they were like, whoa! <laughs> They also talked about how it felt earned to have Palpatine in the series now. They did a lot of world-building work with characters like Yalaren, Obi-Wan, and Tarkin, so it felt right to finally bring in Palpatine. They also discussed the Mortis gods and gave a brief, a brief history of them for anyone who hadn't watched Clone Wars. They discussed the moving image of the Mortis gods and Lothwolves in Rebels and how it was a challenge. It was the first time they took 2D animation and integrated it with their 3D world. They worked with a company called Ghostbots who also does the Star Wars Forces of Destiny shorts on YouTube. The idea behind the Mortis for, uh, the idea behind Mortis is the Force can take you places. What we normally see the Jedi and Sith are the mortal manifestations of the Force, but the Mortis gods represent something much bigger and deeper in the galaxy. You know who also is much bigger and goes deeper into the galaxy? Oh, deep into the galaxy. I yes. actually had a good segue for once. How you doing, Yoda? Deep into the black hole. Mm. Yoda, de you ever heard Yoda deeper jokes? No. Oh, funny jokes. <laughs> Dirty funny jokes. jokes. Dirty jokes. I will never regret showing you the Game Grumps Yoda Jokes video. <laughs> Funny joke! Funny. <laughs> uh, you having a good week, Yoda? So far, so good. Yes. Well, I have a question for you. Mm, a question for Yoda. Yes, you ready? Yes, Yoda's always ready for questions. Mm, much knowledge Yoda has. Do you, or have you ever, hung out with the Mortis Gods? Yeah, mostly bo- Dad is okay, hmm? Yes. Hmm. Dad- Dad knows how to party, hmm? Hmm, father, yes, good. Son- He has a nice balance of food for his smorgasbords. Hmm, not too hot, not too cold, hmm. Hmm, son parties too hard. Daughter? Mm, you think think white blanket window is mm, daughter big white blanket oh. mm, does not like Yoda at all mm, would not let Yoda sit in her lap no Yoda oh. said Yoda Yoda's good Yoda's good can Yoda sit in your lap mm -hmm. no Yoda's a good boy mm. no <laughs> no can't sit but then son says 
Oh, yes, Yoda can sit in my lap, and Yoda says, no. Yoda knows that trick. Mm. <laughs> this sounds like a hell of a party, Yoda. Oh, mm, yeah, not bad. Hot party's better. Mm. And then they get out of hand, and they turn into griffins and start fighting. Yeah, yeah, always the same. Hmm. When, when the griffins come out, it's time to go home, right? <laughs> Yoda does not... Uh, does a domestic dispute Yoda does not want to get involved in, no. Man, Wor that, did not work out good with the Skywalker domestic dispute. Mm. All right, Yoda, well, we'll see you next time, all right? There he goes. Uh, bye, Yoda. I guess I should... Okay. I guess I should preference for anybody who joined us during Rebels and didn't hear our Clone Wars episodes. Me and Chris are not the biggest fans of Mortis. Um, I I liked the first episode. I don't like the other two episodes. I think the first episode does everything it needs to do. And I think the other two episodes are a waste of 44 minutes and a waste of my time. But I do like the first episode of the Mortis arc. You don't like it at all, do you? I don't like any of it, but but they've they've managed to use what they built in it in a good way, without without notes. really using the characters again, which is good. That's one of my notes too. So outside of them being just drawing drawings, which is fine. That's that's how I like them. So I should preference that if you never listen to our Clone Wars episodes, that we're not big fans of Mortis over here. So all right, Act One. Act one. And if you want to find out why, just go back and listen to our Mortis episode. So, all right, act one. So a little recap from last week. The big Lothwolf doom, that is the cosmic force embodiment of Kanan's will or whatever, gave Ezra the, Loth the Lothal keystone and told him that the Jedi Temple on Lothal is in danger. On to this week. And we open with Loth Kitties. It's a kitty cat, and I love him. And the kitty trots along until it sees a Loth Wolf. And the kitty is like, hey, Loth Wolf friend, what's going on? And the Loth Wolf is like, oh, you know, waiting for the dumb humans to get their shit together and get a move on with the plot. And the animals judge the characters from afar because that's what pets do. Our heroes are all in their base looking at the keystone that Ezra got last week. And Ezra is like, And then the wolf spoke to me and they gave me a holy mission. And Zeb is like, This is starting to get a bit too weird for me, guys. I don't know. Sabine tries to figure out the artwork on the keystone and she thinks that she could decipher it if she was at the temple. The problem is, the temple is on the other side of the planet. Luckily, Ezra has a plan. They head out to the, to the grasslands. Ezra uses the force to summon the Lothwolves, who are ready to take them to the temple. And poor Zeb is like, I don't like a single thing about this plan. But then he puts on his best face, and he pets a dog, and he's like, Oh, hello, doggos! Who's a good boy? I'm Zeb, and, you're, and I'm going to be your friend. And Ezra's like, Zeb, that wolf doesn't talk. And Zeb is like, don't you talk that way about my precious good boy wolf friend Ezra. We are now bound for life. And they climb on board the wolves. One doggo grabs Chopper in its mouth and they take off running. Once they're up to a good speed, the Loth wolves and our heroes sink into the ground and vanish. 
They go through the hyperspace tunnel where we hear bits of season one Kanan and Zeb and Hera and Ahsoka, but none of this matters because we hear my grande boyfriend. Grande boyfriend. I love you so much. Where's my clock? Oh, I would get, I would turn on my grande spinning lightsaber clock, but it's on the other side of the room. I love him. The heroes wake up and they're way up north within walking distance of the temple. The wolves say that they're on Lothal's side and they leave our heroes behind, who then walk to the temple. And when they get there, they see it's being excavated. The doors have been cut off the side of the mountain, but the inner workings of the temples are still sealed away. Hera tells Sabine and Ezra to head in and check it out while she and Zeb, very obviously not humans, keep watch from a distance. Zeb spots some speeder bike troopers and they get a plan. And at this moment, it's like 11 minutes into the episode, so I cut it here before they ambush the speeder bike guys because I was oh, okay. just like, this is just going. <laughs> so what do you yeah. think of that one? I, I like part one. Um, it's weird. It's one of the few times, although I think some of my... Uh, one of my uh, part one notes is actually going to be in part two now. I have no idea. Like it was like 13 minutes before the first obvious like yeah, it was, commercial it was, break. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just did uh, my best. <laughs> it it it's funny that they said that the the radio chatter and stuff, which I didn't know, I didn't take it as Close Encounters of the Third Kind, although it totally is. And the in the scene of them coming up over a ridge and looking down it, that is totally. Um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, but it was really reminding me of Raiders of the Lost Ark because it's like the parallels to Raiders of the Lost Ark in this episode are are just huge because, you know, you got Palpatine's basically Hitler. Hitler, you know, in the concept in conspiracy theories and lore and and in the movie The Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, Hitler was after all the Hitler was also trying to get mystical objects and stuff so he could win through magic and stuff, too. So this it's this was just like, you know, Hitler trying to find the the, the Ark of the Covenant, except this is Palpatine trying to get into Jedi temples. And yeah, I, I, do, I just love it. I, I love it. I definitely see that comparison. Yeah. And um. Yeah, no, I think I'm now realizing that uh, my other note is in the next part too. <laughs> so I think yeah, that, like that's this about is... all I got for part one. There's the so montage. Much... Oh yeah, yeah. There was a uh, the montage scene is a rare thing in in Star Wars, even though it's heard... sort of a cheat on a montage because they're going through hyperspace. It's a vision. But it's a montage. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it's weird. I forgot how long it was. It's like a minute and a half. Like, it's a long scene. And at, I, least, at least they took the footage, like, you know, usually it's really, like, especially if it was a vision, like, if they really wanted to make it a vision, like, they would have made it from Ezra's point of view or different, you know, they would have changed, you know, it was obviously they just took the footage from the show and plugged it in there, but they distorted it all from with, by the hyperspace and stuff. So it didn't look like they were just showing clips from the show, you know? Yeah. But it was still a little weird. It was, it, it wasn't bad, but it was just a little, it's unusual in star Wars to see something like a montage of 
of a character or things happening, you know? Yeah. Actually, I'll start with that because that's my biggest note um, of this act. Yeah, that hyperspace tunnel scene is is something. And the more I started, like, kind of... I had to watch it a couple times, and I started, like, jotting down some of the the dialogue. And so there's the line from Ahsoka, says, which was either the end of, of season one or beginning of season two, where she says, it's a new day, a new beginning. Um, there's the line from Kanan while he's fighting the Grand Inquisitor, where he says he has nothing left to fear. Um, Hera's line of saying, we have hope and a chance to make things better. And it was a lot of those kind of lines. And I started Platitudes. Thinking more, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I started thinking more about it. It's It's more of a nod about Ezra's journey of where he started because the first one was him just saying like I don't need anyone and Zeb's like good because we don't want you or whatever the line was and then as it continued it was more just like kind of points about Ezra's early journey and then you started seeing also Kanan's journey as well mm-hmm. and I, I think this whole end scene like from from Kanan's death to the end is how Ezra steps into his own as his own Jedi without Kanan and so these were all just kind of like the early points of like, these were the, the, the lessons that Kanan himself learned as a Jedi, especially like the whole, like I, when he was finding the Grand yeah. Inquisitor, he's like, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid anymore because you took my fear away from me. Um, and I can do this now. And that's kind of where Ezra is because in that scene, it's the season one finale. Kanan thinks Ezra's dead because he just sees Ezra fall. So he has no fear facing the Grand Inquisitor. But now this is the reverse. Kanan is dead. He's gone. And now this is all about Ezra starting to move forward away from Kanan. And we know at the end of next episode, like he officially says his goodbye to Kanan when when they leave the temple. And and so I think this is a very interesting way of doing it. I don't think it's the cleanest way of doing it. And they also illustrate by with a flat out, you know, vision of Kanan that he's still, still, Sabine's still holding on to him. Or Hera? Hera, I mean, is still holding on to him. I mean, yes. You know, uh, he's... And I, and I think that's also important. Like, he's always going to be with them, um, especially Hera, who is pregnant right now. So, like, in... in, in well, I mean, they show him right there with his hand on her, and he's solid, you know? yeah. So it's definitely like he's always going to be part of them. But I, I think that hyperspace tunnel is supposed to be like the beginning of Ezra taking all the lessons that he got from Kanan yeah. and learning to move forward. I, I think it just could have been executed a little better. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a but I think it's scene. also part. I think they also knew with that in the scene with Hera that they had to sort of. They had to even though they did the last episode that was sort of the morning episode for Kanan, they still have to acknowledge him, you know, going forward. Yeah. So I think those were two, you know, they knew the audience had to, the, you know, especially the kids are still probably a little freaked out by Kanan being gone. So seeing him again is probably nice. And seeing him with like his ghost image with Hera was probably like nice for kids too. I like that they chose it and it was his season one, season two look. That, like, he clearly has his eyes back. He doesn't have his goatee. He has his long hair again. That's up in the ponytail. Yeah, I, I like his, that. It's that his they... force ghost. It's his chosen force ghost. Space, yeah. You know? And I, I like that it's his season one and his season two look. So, 
Um, but that was my biggest note. All my other notes are shallow. Um, I thought it was interesting that Zeb, Sabine, and Hera could also hear the voices this time. Because we started out with just, just Ezra being able to see the Lothcat. And then Kanan started seeing the Lothcats and the Lothwolves. And then Sabine started seeing them. And then Zeb. And, and now all of them can hear these like kind yeah. of horse things. And I, I, I think that's... There's... I would have I would have had I would have like shown the 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 vision that Ezra like I would have shown that as Ezra's vision, but then I would have them say like Zeb say I saw this and I you know mm-hmm. they they all had slightly they all had their own visions that were like they all had their own visions maybe pertaining to Canaan <clears throat> Canaan mostly or something you know I, I was about to say the same thing like maybe like Sabine was like I saw Canaan training me in the dark saber and like having Zeb say something like I remember that I saw the first time I met Canaan um which we never saw on the show but um like something like that I, I thought I, yeah, yeah I agree I think yeah, that or the first better. time they kissed or something like that you know or first time Zeb and Canaan kissed no no <laughs> Hera and Kanan kiss. <laughs> no, you can't take that back. Okay, well, though, if if that's the way you want to hope, you can have that one for your head. I actually, one of my favorite. You can artists store on... that one away for for later. Actually, one of my favorite artists on Twitter. Um, she goes by, I think it's Nichan. Um, she definitely did a wonderful, wonderful like dog pile picture of Kanan, Hera, Callus, and Zeb, and it was naked time, and it was beautiful, and I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been there, done that. Thanks. <laughs> Seen that image, I'm good. Um, in big letters, I wrote for a split second, I heard my grande boyfriend, <laughs> and then he was gone again. He was gone again. Um, I love the entire scene of Zeb trying to touch the Loth Wolves, and it's just so cute of him just being like, hi, dog, my name is Zeb, don't eat me. <laughs> and then Ezra's like, that one doesn't talk, he's like, shut up, Ezra, it talks to me. Just talks with its eyes. <laughs> it's so cute, and just them carrying poor Chopper, and as the wolves were gall- galloping, Chopper was just going, wah, wah, yeah. wah. It was just I bet it was so cute. Um, and my only other note is I think this is the first time in the entire series we've seen Hera actually wear her goggles. Oh, okay. I can't remember recall her ever wearing goggles before this episode, but she actually pulls down her goggles for the Not first sure, time. Yeah. Yeah. It just it's it was so odd for me to see her. I was just like, oh, they're functional. Usually they just sit there. <laughs> They actually do things. So I thought that was not cool. But that's all I have for Act 1. All right. Act 2. Uh, act 2. Mm. All right. I just got more extra notes for Act 2. <laughs> the biker scouts are driving along when they see a hologram of my blue husbando, Thrawn. And just FYI, Chris, I will not make you say a nice thing about Thrawn in this episode because it's not really Thrawn. It's just a recording of him. You I was going to ask that question. I was, I'm not going to make you do that because it's just a recording. So the scouts, the scouts stop and get knocked out by Zeb. A quick change of clothes later and Ezra and Sabine head down into the excavation site. Once they get closer, Sabine can see a lot of the artwork. There's also hieroglyphs making a language that she doesn't recognize. And then, out of nowhere, this crusty, creepy old dude named Minister Hyen is all like, Do not touch the artwork, you heathens. You will mess up the gateway. And Ezra's like, whoa, there's a gateway? 
and Haydn's like, why do you care, boy? And Ezra, always bad at acting, says, Nothing, sir. I'm a real stormtrooper. No force gateways. No one cares about force gateways here, sir. Ha 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 ha. I'm a stormtrooper. And luckily, Haydn gets a call from Coruscant and scampers away. Ezra uses the Jedi mind trick on a death trooper to let them pass. And the space kids hurry over to the building and get Chopper to hack into the call. And they hear Papa Palps himself. And Papa Palps is like, Okay, Hayden, I'm a busy man. Let's keep this short. Don't Thrawn-splain your art, shitty art at me. I'm not- I get enough of Thrawn-splaining art from Blue Husbando. Let's keep this short. And Hayden explains that he's found cool artwork of the Mortis Gods and that they're the key to everything. And Papa Palpatine is like, Cool, 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 cool. We still need to figure this out. Bitch wife blowing up Kanan a few episodes ago really fucked up all my plans for Lothal. I hope that this doesn't come back to bite us or anything. I hope they don't, like, free the planet or anything in two episodes, but we'll see. Okay, Hayden, proceed with your work. So, Hayden, I say, Biden, and he clicks off. And Hayden's like, God, dad jokes are getting worse in his old age. Ezra and Sabine want to proceed, but Hera, just losing her space husband like two episodes ago, thinks it's too dangerous now that the Emperor is involved. But then Zeb reminds her why they decided to come in the first place. And then Hera feels Kanan touching her shoulder, and it's okay that she's scared, but she trusts her space kids, and I cried a lot. And Hera gives them the okay to go on with the mission. So back with the space kids, Hayden gathers everyone together, and they turn on the floodlights. Sabine and Ezra gaze in wonder up at the pictures of the Mortis gods. While Hayden is distracted, they move in to get a closer look. Ezra recognizes Morai the Convor in the picture because she's seen that bird with Ahsoka. They spot some lock wolves too, and then Sabine pulls out a picture of the Keystone and realizes that the hand in the Keystone matches the hands of the Mortis gods. And Ezra's like... Huh, I wonder if that means something. And in her best Michael Scott impression, Sabine goes, Ezra, you ignorant slut. It's art. Of course it means something. Sabine realizes that the lines and circles are all packed, and the pictures is kind of like a star map. Only she doesn't know where they go. But they're going to find out what happens when a bunch of teenagers fuck with some artwork that's at least a hundred years old. End of Act Two. <laughs> Who's Michael Scott? From The Office. Yeah, you know that that that's not his quote. He's stealing that quote. I know, but there's an He's episode. Quoting that quote. That's a Dan. That's Dan Aykroyd from the early Saturday Night Lives with uh, with Jane Curtin. I know. But Point like, counterpoint. But the the part that I just kept thinking of was Michael Scott standing on top of the the building doing a fake depression training video and he's just like Dwight you ignorant slut <laughs> that was, that's where my brain went so anyway what'd you think back to you well my my extra notes were was the first one was does the throne recording count no okay, good yeah, and yeah. I'm, uh, not gonna, I'm not gonna do that to you the the other one over overlays with um with um 
because there's where I think they cut it when the Palps first showed up, when we first saw the Palps, and I was just like, yay, it's the Palps is back. But, man, in the second, so this only leaves you really one note for the second part. And I, for one, I love that his flunky is Malcolm McDowell, one of my favorites, who I got to meet at Dragon Con the same year that I first met Hope Mullinex. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. I think it was the same day that I met you. I met Malcolm McDowell. I met Malcolm McDowell and, um, um, why can't I remember her name? The the actress who played uh, Nurse Ratchet in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh. They were they were thirty feet away from each other. I got to meet them in quick. And Malcolm McDowell could care was just like hi, how are you doing? But he was sitting at it was just so wonderful. He was sitting at a table with a mom and her daughter with his arms around both of them, just doing the British charm on both of them. Aww. Yep. So he's so having him be Palpy's flunky is great, and just having a creepy Palpy flunky similar to the ones that we saw in 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 Rogue One, and uh, having them talking mystical shit, yeah, 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 that's what I'm talking about. That's what I've been waiting for. I was just eating that up, and and like. And then I was just like, wait, this is Ian. This is this has got to be Ian McDermott, even though, um, is it Sam Whitmer? Right. Sam, it's, uh, Sam Whitmer did uh, earlier Palpatine. Right, right. He does a great. He does a very, very, very close Palpatine. But boy, it's you could even see in the animation that they that they gave it an extra bit of sneer and stuff because he's just got he's just got it down. He he's he owns that role probably more than anybody else in Star Wars own, ever owned their role. He 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 takes it and holds it to his bre- his evil little breast and cuddles it and swaddles it and mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's it's just awesome. So yeah, this this episode is made just by having Palpy in there. I I agree. And I know there's more Palpy to come. <laughs> yeah, and and I so I I agree because I was. I would love to have more stories about these like kind of creepy people around Palpatine and around Vader who knows they're Sith Lords and are like almost like acolytes. Like, um, because we really don't have it a lot. Like I know in return of the Jedi, we see all the guys around Palpatine. They all have the dumb hats. Um, they all know that he's a Sith Lord. And then you have people like Masamita. And then of course now these guys in veneer, Vinay and rogue one, and we really don't know like anything about any of well, them. Well, then he had thousands of them in the in the audience and Tross and stuff Where like they that. Come you from? don't know, <laughs> you don't know anything about them. They know they they you know like a little bit in Rogue One. One of them had a couple lines, so he had a li- you know you got a little bit of his character, but n- you, you know nothing like this. This is. Like, I see this and I'm like, I want to see a show just about this. <laughs> yeah. Like, I could watch that all day. I could watch this guy all day. Like, you know what I kind of would like to see? It makes me, you remember like Churid and Bay is from Rogue One and how they were guardians of the will? I would almost like to see these people be like 
the splinter group of the original Guardians of the Will. So then you have people like Turn and Bays who believe in the light side of the Force, and the like these Sith acolytes are yeah, like yeah. the splinter group. And yeah. having it be, having a story of like the Guardians of the Will versus these guys, like that would be so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would love to see. Yeah, I'd love to see their story. And eventually, they hook up with Kylo Ren, and they're like, "Look, we've got Darth Vader's helmet for you." Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, we licked it clean. yeah give me that story um and and to agree with you like it's always fun to hear ian mcdermott play Palpatine, and i just love hearing him spew out the name kanan jared that's the thing he spews him out too he but to hear like like, like, just the classic Palpatine saying animation characters. Like, in next yes. next episode, we hear him go, Ezra Bridger and Ezra Ahsoka Bridger. Tano. Bridger. Bridger. Tano. <laughs> I, don't ha- I have a lot of spit in my mouth, and I never have enough spit in my mouth for Palpatine. Yeah, you need to be practically drooling when you do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um... While we're on Palpatine, uh, I got a tiny confirmation because I think it was last week I was saying that part of my theory was when it came to like Kanan, the Lock Wolves and everything, that Kanan's death was linked to the downfall of the Empire and Lothal. And that Palpatine pretty much confirms it here. He was like, the death of Kanan completely disturbed the Force when it comes to Lothal. And I don't know how yet. And of course, we as the viewer who has already seen this knows that Kanan's death and the explosion of the fuel depot is what eventually causes them to liberate Lothal. And so I was just like, yay, Palpatine confirmed my theory. <laughs> right from the source. Yep. Um, I love seeing Ezra in full Jedi mode because death troopers are not easy to Jedi mind trick and he just does it so easily and it's fine. Um, and I just, I, I started thinking back to season one when he was trying to, like, Jedi mind trick just dumb stormtroopers. And they're like, why are you waving at me, kid? Yeah. And Kanan would have to step in and go, here, let me try. Kabam! <laughs> so it's just really nice to see where Ezra is now from where he started. Um, and so and then I got kind of like a two-part Hera Zeb note. I love that Zeb, kind of being like the now adult male of the group, is the one that's kind of being Hera's support system now. And he's the one that very, very gently for Zeb too goes, Hera, you have to remember why we're here. And like that, that's the thing with like Zeb. Like he doesn't have, there's no Zeb episodes in season four, which is still a gripe that I have. But he has a lot of really good moments. And well, he also uh, understands that. I mean, like he was, he was there for his people. I mean, he still is, but, uh, you know, but, uh, before when he really thought all his people were, when he really thought he was the last of his people, he was like, I have to do that, you know, part part of the reason he was there is he had to do that to to stand up for his pe- people, you know, or, he, or what happened to his people. And we could probably kind of read into that that's probably what Hera and Kenan did for him. You know, he yeah. probably was very lost after that, and they were probably the ones that went, remember why you fight, come join us, and we'll we'll help you learn we'll how to make fight sure again. No, that doesn't happen to anybody else, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's so much, like, kind of subtext to read in. And well, I, I just, bet you Zeb was more all in for revenge, and they were like, listen, you know, go for the wider, you know, go for the larger, 
the 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 larger goal. Yeah. So I just I liked that moment, and I just. I still want more Zeb stuff, and he deserves more love, and I just, ugh, I like that they're at least giving him a lot of really good moments, even though he doesn't have a full episode this season. Um, and also in that scene, I like seeing the side of Hera where she's very understandably scared and unsure, because she literally just lost her space husband like two episodes ago. And so when she just has that moment where she's like, it's too dangerous, you have to leave now, it, it's coming from a point of, we understand why she feels this way. And her line where she said, I used to always believe they'll come back, is really heartbreaking because she probably always did believe that Kanan and Ezra being Jedi would be perfectly fine, and now it's not. So it just it's such a, it's a small moment, but they did some really good work. And Vanessa Marshall voicing Hera in those scenes when she's just like yeah okay go do your thing like she sounds just so scared and broken but still had that Hera general space mom inside her and it's it's so nuanced and good <laughs> I loved it so much yeah she's 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 stunned but she's trying not to do it on autopilot yeah and it, it, I think she's you know what that's a good point. I think she's always, almost always used to being on autopilot because they're always won. They always win. So right. almost like these battles are like autopilot. And this is the first time where if she falls on oh. autopilot, what happens if it happens again? She didn't just lose Kanan too. She lost most of the people that she commanded on the attack of Lothal too. So there's yeah. that on top of her too. So it's there's it's both. It there's her there's her her rebel life and her private life both just took major hit you know major blows of death. So it makes sense that she's scared about her space kids being in danger. Yeah. And her not wanting them there. So it's it's just a really good scene. But having having Zeb there to not only be her structure, but there's also that moment where like she when she's like, okay, you guys can go on with the mission. You can hear it in Sabine and Ezra's voices where they're just like, thank you, Hera. We understand. We're here. Like, we're going to be okay. Like, you, they're reassuring her, too. And oh, it's just, it's so good. It's so nuanced and good. <laughs> but that's all I had for Act 2. Did you have anything else? Nope. I'm ready to finish this uh, puppy off. All right. Lost it's more puppy. puppy. Here we go. Act 3. It's time to fuck up some artwork. Sabine is like... Okay, Ezra, I did all the art history stuff. It's time for you to do your Jedi stuff. But before he can get started, a couple stormtroopers come over. Ezra hides while Sabine keeps them distracted. As she quickly realizes, she has the wrong Imperial protocols and probably gonna get caught. Ezra takes the opportunity to really look at the painting. Sabine plays the whole thing off like, Oh, I thought, wait... It's a big misunderstanding. Are you sure those are your codes? Because these are my codes. And she walks away with the troopers to find out what her real orders are, quote unquote. During all of this, Ezra realizes he needs to listen to the story the rocks are telling or something. He focuses on the force and the picture of the sisters starts to glow. The entire mortise painting glows and the sister turns her head to the image of the father. And the picture of the father points to the side and the Lothwolf pitchers start walking along the walls away from the Mortis gods. I wrote Mortis guards. Ezra is like, 
I created a force gif. Or is it pronounced jif? Gif, jif. Either way, I made a force gif. I never knew how to pronounce it. Anyway, so he follows the, not the dumb jokes. <laughs> I was like, I have to make dumb. Thank you for laughing if you did. As he follows the whole pictures along, they lead him to a specific spot in the stone before they start running in a circle. And Ezra realizes that this is the entrance to the temple. Sabine is taken to Hayden, who gets super creepy and all up in her bubble space. And he realizes that she doesn't work for him. And he realizes that she doesn't work for him and locks down the base. Ezra touches the wall and realizes that he can walk through it. Right about the time that Hayden, his troops, and Sabine come over. Sabine yells for Ezra to go, and Ezra sprints and leaps through the wall, vanishing from sight. And the troopers try to follow, but they hit solid wall. That's because Ezra is in the world between worlds. And into the unknown! Into the unknown! <laughs> the end. <laughs> Sorry, Frozen. How would you think of F3? <laughs> It was good. Short. <laughs> yeah, God, it was like it was like six minutes. Yeah. The first act was 13 minutes long. It kind of, the pictures kind of turned into a little bit of a video game puzzle every once in a while, but I guess I sort of take that as a modern bit of how modern storytelling is tied into video games. And when they activated it, it made, the, did you notice it made the trailer sound? It went, ooh. Mm. No. Mm. That's the trailer sound. It's ooh. you mean like like a movie trailer or yeah. like a car trailer? Well, sometimes a tractor trailer could make that sound, I guess. But the movie trailers that's in every movie trailer. In a world where fifteen nuclear bombs go off. Mm. Oh. <laughs> okay. Mm. I, <laughs> I just love doing that. Mm. But they put they put that sound in there. Um. Geez, why don't they have Big Brain Thrawn here to analyze this art? Isn't this his cup of tea? Wouldn't Thrawn be like a pig in shit in this uh, situation? You honestly think Palpatine, who doesn't fully trust Thrawn, needs to be given things that could give Thrawn ultimate power? Or maybe he's just not so hot. <laughs> and my 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 other uh, my other note is when. When Ezra went into the when it went into the rock wall, I was like, "Oh my God, this would be so funny if the stormtroopers ran after him like Wiley e. Coyote and hit the wall." And they didn't, but then they sort of paused and they did, and then they did Wiley e. Coyote it. But it was kind of weird, you know. They kind of stood there for a second. They should have they should have been like going right after him and just like hit it right behind him. That would have been truly the wily e. coyote moment but i'm very glad that they that they wily e. coyote those those two troopers those and that's troopers all i got either, those troopers are either dead or knocked out <laughs> oh they're just knocked out but that yeah that was that was classic i i like that we had a warner brothers uh reference there yeah um for me I love the animation of the Mortis Gods moving and the Loth Wolves. Mm -hmm. I love seeing that 2D animation on top of the 3D. It's it's so, very Disney. Yeah, and it's so pretty. God, it's so pretty. And then you can like hear the sister's voice underneath it while she's moving. I couldn't quite make out. I, I know she was saying some stuff from Clone Wars. 
because I, I kind of recognized some of the stuff, and it was like, oh, we're the blah, blah, blah of the Mars, blah, blah, blah. We're the platitudes of the balance of the platitudes. Something yes. like that. Something like but that, yeah. That entire scene, though, is just so beautiful and nice. I love the animation. And I know we opened with us not liking the Mortis Gods, but I like them in this episode. I like how they're used here. I, I like every every like everything they introduced in the that arc. I like and and what it did to the furtherance uh, through Rebels and the end of Clone Wars was mwah, great. But I just don't like the original execution of it. You know, I just don't like that. It just came. I I just didn't like how it was written. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm okay. Like this representation of them is perfect. This is this is like sort of you know giving them a little reformation in my head. You know, so I feel I'm, I'm like, all for it. I'm all for since they exist. Let's make them cool. You know. <laughs> yeah, because I I I liked. I always liked the first episode of Mortis. It did everything it needed to do. It introduced these characters. It introduced the concept. Anakin got his test, and then they get on their ship and they leave. It's all I needed. I didn't need the other two episodes of just bullshit for 44 minutes. But I, I like it here because it helps build the lore of the Mortis Gods. So, like, even if you didn't... if I, w- I was trying to think of this from the point of view of someone who didn't watch Clone Wars. And the way they set it up is, like these people are clearly something important and powerful and we don't need to know everything about them. Yeah. And I like the fact that Ezra didn't know what they were, but yeah. Palpatine did. I, I like them more as abstractions than as real characters that we're seeing sitting there talking. Although, you know, they pro like, I would, I, I guess they manifested themselves in a human form probably, but like, I would have liked it if they like were on in the original Mortis arc, if they were there and there were drawings of the, of the mother, the, the father, the mother and the daughter, you know, and maybe have them drawn in many different alien forms and just had them be sort of like these elemental forms, you know, like a column of fire or something something like that a column of fire and water and one halfway in between or something would have been more i i would have enjoyed that more than rather having them be literal manifestations of themselves and stuff but as as cave wall as you know cave wall drawings yeah i'm all for it my brain just jumped to like the little the literal descriptions of angels in the bibles where they have like right. multiple eyes and several they're a big faces. Ball of wings and eyes, basically. Yeah, and like multiple limbs, and they're they're monstrous, and they choose and, human. And form. everybody like dukes their drawers the second they see them and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. They're not That'd like be these. So cool. <laughs> not. Where the... they're like thirty feet tall, like light monsters with multiple eyes and teeth, and like twelve arms and wings, yeah. and then like. They see that the human, like Obi Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin are freaking out, so they then they choose human forms. Oh, yeah. that would have been great. <laughs> Probably a little bit too on the nose for biblical references in Star Wars, but huh? well, they could have done a version. They could have been just a glowing, you know, ball of something that 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 comes into a form and says, "I'm, I'm, you know." congealing down into something that you can understand they used to do that in the star in star trek all the time so they didn't have to do makeup yeah. <laughs> you know 
<laughs> I have come to you as Abraham Lincoln, so you can understand my form. But yeah, I mean, I think that would have been really cool. But I, I like them in this because I, I just especially like the fact that Ezra didn't know about them, but Palpatine did. And it shows Palpatine's just more vast knowledge about this stuff well, yeah, versus Ezra, yeah. who's still just kind of getting started. <laughs> Yeah, this was a drop in the bucket. Yeah, he's a ba- literally a babe in the woods compared to Palpatine, especially with what we know now, where now Palpy's like fucking 80,000 years old or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it's also cool, good that like Ezra still had a point of reference. Like he saw Morai the Convor and he was like, I know that bird. <laughs> and Sabine's like, cool, what does the bird mean? He's like, I don't know. That was also really fun, that interaction of Sabine just being like, it's clearly old, and, you know, the, the paintings and this and that, and Ezra's like, so art! <laughs> She's <laughs> like, y- yeah, it's, yes, Ezra. <laughs> I liked that exchange, because he was like, I know art! That's a bird! Good boy, Ezra. <laughs> what does the bird mean? I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was a perfect interaction between them. <laughs> Well, Ezra, uh, Ezra's, uh, you know, even though Sabine is the artist, Ezra's the one who it's, it's made for a Jedi. So it's, it's made to make the connections to Ezra, not Sabine. So it's, it's not made for her. It's made for him. And that's why. wrong though. Like when she was like, well, these lines must be paths and the circles must be planets. Well, we know that because once Ezra's in the world between worlds, there's lines to different portals and each of those different portals connect to different planets. So she wasn't wrong. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So, uh, the only other net I had for this section, for actually for this episode, was just something we've already touched on, where this episode is definitely just a lot of build-up and filler to 22 minutes, but that's not a bad thing. (laughs) I wouldn't even call it filler. It's just setting the, it's setting the atmosphere and the scene, and it's, and, and, uh, it's great. (laughs) I, I would bathe in I'm bathe, bathing in that atmosphere. I love that atmosphere. So like I want them to take their time through it. I don't need a lot of story. I, I like yeah. just the general situation and mood of what's going on. So I'm happy. The only top points it bugged me is there's a lot of walking around. Um and I think I, I feel like a couple of those could have been like clipped here and there to kind of focus more on in on like the Palpatine conversation with Hayden to give us like a couple like extra 30 seconds there or yeah no they wanted to, they, they like, wanted um, to give you just enough Palpy you know because yeah I mean there's more I, of him coming so I say that as the mildest of gripes <laughs> that's that's how that's part that's a little like so, some of somewhat of the formula of of Filoni's stuff though is like if you, you know if you, you you always get your first taste of that character as a as a hologram so you always just get a little taste of the, of the hologram and then 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 eventually you'll get the they'll show up in person yeah and like i said it is the mildest of gripes like even then yeah. like i'm still okay with them just kind of like walking up to the ridge walking around the camp like i just uh like it doesn't bother me it's I was just like, but they could have, like, cut one walking scene and gave it to Palpy. <laughs> so it's just a tiny grip. But that's all I have for this episode. Did you have anything else? No, I'm ready to score it up. Score it up, Chris. I give this one a 9.0. I like it a lot. 
I, I all of the stuff I like. It's it's not a big action episode, but it's starting to get weird and mystical, and I really like like when it does that. So and and this is the build up to it. So it's just like this is just winding me up for what's coming, and I love it. You know what? I started thinking about this because I don't think I've have a nine this season. And I, I, I know I knew I was reserving a high score for the world between worlds. So I'm gonna just click this right here and delete my end number and put in a nine. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh I bopped bopped you up half a point. Cool. Well just um, what I'm thinking about is I don't think I have a nine so far this season and this is definitely above so many of the rest of the episodes. Yeah, this uh, is really I really good. like this episode a lot. And even though it's all set up for next week, there's a lot of really good moments. I like the slower pace. I like the use of the Mortis Gods, the animation. And we didn't talk about the music. Like, when they're riding the Lothwolves, that is almost Princess Mononoke soundtrack right there. Yeah, so- that, that, there was a little bit of uh, Dave... There was definitely Dave Filoni indulging his fetish there. Like... It is. It could have been that that soundtrack could have been lifted from any of the wolf writing scenes of Princess Mononoke and, and laid down. And then there's that the scene where Ezra jumps through the portal and you start getting that choir music that comes in at that point. Like the music's really good, and I love the 2D animation. Um, even though it feels like half an episode, it's so good. So I had an 8.5, but I'm you're right. It needs to be a nine. It's it's a nine out of ten for me yeah, as well. All right. Well, as always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from Facebook and from Twitter for our episode, The Occupation. Take it away, Chris. All right. First, we'll hit Twitter. And the first one comes from Allie, host of Night of Ren podcast. Allie is super sweet. They just had their two-year anniversary. And I'm in talks about getting her possibly on our show soon. Yes. So... But she is, she is a youngin, and if you, if any of you guys have been around, like she is, like my mini me twelve years ago. She reminds Hope of herself. Yeah, because she's in college and podcasting and loves fandoms, and she's just a wonderful young fan. So it'll, it'll be like when, out. it'll be like when Scott and I first met Hope at Dragon Con, pretty much. Yeah. That was was Hope at Dragon Con. The hope, the hope that ends up. Not the older hope that ends up in dra- that Dragon Con from the time machine, but the the, yeah. the original hope, the but, OH. Yeah. Check the out Knights o, of the OH, the original hope. So hope check out Prime. Knights of Rin, and uh, Rin is spelled like Sabine's last name, so it's W R E N. So check out Knights of Rin podcast. She's a big Sabine fan, and yeah. All right, all right, that was a lot of wind up. Okay, the first one goes from Twitter from Ali, host of the Knight of Ren podcast. All caps. Curse you, Zeb, for ruining ship moments. And then Hope says, I think I said in the episode, this is the only time in all of Rebels where I disliked Zeb. This all right, man, Zeb... that was a good that was a good one for bitchy Hope voice. It was. This was uh this is a reference to Zeb cock blocking Kanan and Hera's kiss. <laughs> he was just lip blocking, but you know. Yeah. We know where that goes. All right, and the next one comes from Facebook, and it comes from, of course, Paul C. Kelly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the John Tesh of Two True Freaks. Says, funny you mentioned that guy in Old Joe's Bar is just needed for a plot point. 
I was thinking something similar where he reminded me of a character that's just used in a game like Final Fantasy. Is that like an NPC? Just to advance the story from point A to point B. I guess so. A guy just happens to be there so they can go through the sewer tunnel level. It was still a good episode, though. It would have been truly like a video game if the guy was just sort of standing there and doing that sort of little joggle-joggle stand that people do when they're not doing anything in a video game. Yeah, when you don't talk to them. Yep, yep, they're just sitting there going waga 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 with their arms and legs. That would have been kind fun. of like Rumble Mix Skirmish from Gravity Falls. This is the this, this is as still as I stand. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Ah, uh, we exactly. need to finish off this box. We have two left. You want to go ahead and just do both? I don't know if I can do two candies. Well, I could always do one stick of one and one stick of. No, nah, we can we can still uh. They're both sake, so we can compare the sakes. We've got Japanese sake, right? Uh, uh, yuzu lemon sake and ume sake. That's all we have we left. Did the, we did the lemon sake. We did? Yes, we did. When? Mine is empty. I, I remember we I just edited it a little oh. while ago. Yep. Then let's just do the ume sake, because that's the only other one I have. Okay, that's the one in the red. It's green. Oh. It's green with like a ombre orange to yellow stripe on it. Oh. Well, we might actually have to dig into the new box if we don't have the same candies. You see, I have another, I have a different sake that just says Japan sake on it. Maybe it's the Maybe what? Dario gave you that. Maybe you do your sake and I'll do the Japan sake. And we'll Sounds both finish off our sake. And we can compare our sake. Well, Mine if you don't know what we're the... doing, Chris hates American Kit Kats. So our friend Dario sends us candy from all Woo! over the world to review. And Woo! this time we're doing two different sakes. And I have the ume sake. Mine smells, oh. like, a, mine smells like a hobo. Mine Woo! smells like... like... As just soon as I opened sake. the bag, it was just pure alcohol smell. Oh my god. Mm, god, I love sake. Oh okay, my this god. one tastes more like sake than the lemon one. This mm. one's like right, like sake right through my nose, like alcohol right through my nose. Oh and my I know god. There's not like drinky alcohol in it, but they must have some like ester in here that, that mimics. Yeah, I mean. Oh, there's even a little bitter to it, you know? Mine's actually very sweet. Mine almost tastes like a fruit sake. Mine's sweet, but it has an alcohol medicinal liquor finish to it. Yeah, almost like, um, kind of like cough syrup. A little bit. Mm. It's more pleasant than cough syrup, that's for sure. But it, it does, it hits the same... That same place in the back of your throat that, that cough syrup does. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested on this lemon one because I don't remember doing this. <laughs> I'm going to pop this one open right fast. It smells it's like a lemon. a lot milder. It smells like lemon. Let's try this one. Other one. This one just tastes like a lemon cake. I, don't, I can't even taste sake. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's very much. This is that's exactly what we did when we <laughs> tasted it before. I don't remember like tasting this though. I, how do I not remember this? 
Because we eat a lot of candy, Hope. We're on episode 219 now. It's, uh, 229. 229, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Yeah, it just tastes like a lemon shortcake. And then, like, on the back taste, it tastes like... I, I can little, barely get the alcohol, of... but... Mm. Mm. Wow, we finished the Japanese Kit Kat box. It took us long enough. We got uh, all sorts of interesting stuff coming up. Yeah, we do. I can't wait to get into the new box. Actually, now that I'm done with that old box, I can put the new box up here on my upper desk shelf. So now it's in the candy position for next mm-hmm. time. In food service, we call that FIFO. First in, first out. Yep. I threw the other box across the room, and it's going to get thrown away in ro- You've tomorrow. successfully rotated your stock. I did. It's going to go into re- the box. is going to be recycled tomorrow. So. Excellent. All right, Chris. Well... I don't have anything else, do you? Not me. Well, where can people find you? You can find me at tutufreaks.com. That's our podcast home base. You can sign up for our RSS feeds for our individual podcasts, or you can sign up for the feed that just feeds you all the Two True Freaks podcasts recommended. Or you could actually just click on the individual shows and listen to them through the site, or you can... Um, you can also subscribe through iTunes. You can find us on Facebook. We've got the Two True Freaks podcast page, which we list all our shows and people can comment on those shows. And the Two True Freaks Cantina, where everybody just sort of gets together and hangs out and talks. We are also on Twitter with Gene Gene. The... <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of some new kind of machine that we haven't mentioned yet. Gene Gene, the love machine. He's been the sex machine, but he hasn't been the love machine before. Bum, 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 ba-dum, bum, Gene. I got right oh. up on my pop filter for that oh. one. <laughs> but that's where you can find me. <laughs> Where, where can they find you, Hope? We now, and we also know where you can find Gene, too. <laughs> my nose itches because I was like, my nose was barely touching my pop filter. <laughs> when he's when he's jealous, he's Mr. Green Gene. <laughs> mean Green Gene. Mean Green Gene. The Mean Green Machine Gene. <laughs> well, you can find me at J Guys and Jedi. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. We also have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. You can find that over on geekygirlexperience.com. That is my website where I write all sorts of articles, like the resistant editorials I mentioned earlier in the episode. And I'm currently writing weekly reviews on the Owl House, so I'm enjoying doing that. But we're having a blast over on Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons. We're, um, at the time of recording, we're going to be doing Summerween tomorrow, which is one of my favorite episodes of Gravity Falls. Um, so yeah, that is, I'm trying to make this weekly. We'll see how long that holds up. <laughs> I got, I gotta tell you the the, the owl house keeps popping up on the streaming service that I used to watch rebels and, and, uh, That's and I've been other stuff. It. I've been watching and, that. I, uh, I did an owl house rewatch. I, I, I may, I may watch some, I may, I may watch me some owl house. I, I like the, the, the concept as you described it to me in the other show. Sounds that would be interesting to have a show, because um, that's a playlist for us to eventually watch, but, I mean, 
I, By that I, time, I, it'll probably be like three years since I watched it. If I watch it now, so it'll be okay. <laughs> it'll yeah, be yeah. New I, to me again. I think you would really dig it a lot because the world is just so creative. I I like world building show. I like just the concept you 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 laid out for it sounded very like it would really be up my alley. So I and, might, and, I, might I, I might get ahead of myself and check that out just for just for I, my own enjoyment. I highly suggest it. I think you would dig it. It's it's by Gravity Falls creators. Um, Dana Terrace does really good work on it. Alex Hirsch voices two of the characters. Um, I, I really think you would like it because especially I think you would get a kick out of the demon world because everybody has a really unique design. Um, no one looks up the same. Like you, so like when you see a character walk by in the background, you're like, oh, that's the person from you over know there. Who it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it has that Gravity Falls feel of, like, even all the background characters are very different characters. Yeah. And so you can start kind of putting together their stories, even though they're not part of the story. I, I think you would really get a kick out of Owl House. It's just, it's, I've been really enjoying it. I it took me about four episodes to really get into it, but it, once once it hits its stride, it hits its stride really well. Uh, I just polished off this season, of, the latest season of Better Call Saul, so I need something to, to check out. So definitely, definitely, I, I I really enjoyed it. So it has that Gravity Falls feel to it. So yeah, that's uh, if you want to check out our other podcast, uh, we're currently going through Gravity Falls over on Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, and you can listen to that on iTunes and on Podbean. But check out Geeky Girl Experience because I have all the episodes there as well. So next time, Chris, we're going into the world between oh, worlds. I'm looking forward to this because we're going into we're going into the stuff that I really like. Yeah, I I'm excited about this because I remember the feeling I had when I saw Ahsoka again for the first time and that I just I oh, oh, there's a lot I, of things I really like about this next I don't remember it too clearly except for like visual stuff but I yeah uh it's I'm full of because I don't remember the Sabine side of the story like I've watched right, plenty right. of an- analysis of the world between worlds I watched yes. analysis of Ahsoka and Ezra I don't remember anything about Sabine's right. story <laughs> right the stuff taking place like in the material world type of stuff but yeah I'm looking forward to to giving it another look yeah so alright guys we'll see you next week next week it is bye <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs>visit our website at two true freaks.com two true freaks is always spelled t-w-o-t-r-u-e-f-r-e-a-k-s you can email two true freaks directly at two true freaks at gmail.com two true freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on itunes and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, 
please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.